you're listening to Soundwise Podcast, a show hosted by Alex in Serbia and Vlada in Poland. Each week we cover a different artist or band and engage in an open and spontaneous debate and discussion about specific parts of their discographies. Our goal is to expand our musical horizons and cover a great range of artists and styles. Find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash soundwisepod and social media at soundwisepod. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Soundrise Podcast. So, today we have another special episode. Uh, last time we asked you to choose one of two bands, Metallica and the Cranberries, and it was a tie, so we decided to do both. And today we're going to be talk about the Cranberries. So Alex, how do you feel about our today's band? Hey Vlada, good morning to you, another morning episode. I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good because I've never actually listened to this band and it was a pleasant surprise, I have to be honest, and uh, just too bad that they're not active anymore due, due to a tragic incident, Vlada. So can you tell us more about that? Yes, yeah, so unfortunately a great tragedy struck this band back in 2018, it's still very fresh, Dolores O'Riordan, the singer and basically the main uh, songwriter of the band, was found dead in a hotel room in London and the cause of death, the cause of death was said to be drowning, so another horrible tragedy in, in the rock and roll history and after listening to these songs of the last couple of days uh i feel even more uh more struck by this horrible tragedy and uh, i can feel what a big loss this was for the world of music in general so uh, to all the fans of the cranberries uh we can feel your pain to a certain extent this was um, an amazing singer, an amazing songwriter, and yesterday was her birthday, so we dedicated this whole episode to her, primarily, and to the Cranberries fans. Oh, I didn't know that it was her birthday uh, yesterday, so that that makes it even better, and I, and I definitely feel the pain. Well, I, you know, I, I'm not a Cranberries fan yet, but I can definitely see why they are so sad and why they miss her. So Vlada, uh, can you tell us about the history of this band, how they uh, developed and how they came to the scene? Alright, so the Cranberries were founded in Ireland in the place called Limerick and um, they were founded around 8990 but it wasn't till they found their singer, Dolores O'Riordan, that they really got it going. So she joined the band soon after it was founded by uh, the Hogan brothers, uh, Mike Hogan and Noel Hogan, and Fergal Lawler, Lawler, uh, sorry, Lawler was the, the fourth member of the band. She wasn't the original singer, interestingly enough, but she joined the band soon after its inception. So, this is their lineup, and it never changed. From this moment forward, it never changed. And the band had its first major success three years later 
with the first record that we will be talking about. Everybody else is doing it, so why can't we? Now, this band is probably known to almost everyone who has any interest in music, primarily due to their huge hit, Zombie, back in the mid-90s, in 1994. I remember as a child, I was 10 years old, 11 years old, this song was everywhere. This song was so huge, especially in conjunction in conjunction with the video. Um, it was pretty much on the same level as Smells Like Thin Spirit that came a bit earlier. Ooh, huge. Uh, yes, it was... Uh, you, you just can't imagine, Alex. It was everywhere. Everybody knew the song. You would see it several times a day on the television. And to be fair, as a kid, I was kind of irritated by it, mainly because it was overplayed. So uh, after some time, I couldn't stand it anymore. But now with a fresh set of ears uh, as an adult, I really, really enjoy this song, which we will be touching upon later on. So the band had a very successful, illustrious career from that, that moment forward, released uh, several records. Uh, went on a short hiatus between 2003 and 2009, came back, but unfortunately their career, as we said, was tragically interrupted by the death of Dolores O'Riordan, and again, we dedicate this episode to her. So, without any further ado, let's move on to the first record of the day. The first album, Everybody Else Is Doing It, So Why Can't We, came out in 1993, so at the height of, you know, grunge craze, or at the end of the grunge craze, depending on how you look at it. Uh, the Cranberries, as an alternative band, came up with this uh, rather melodic record. So Alex, what are your thoughts on this record? Great introdu introduction, Vlada. Thanks for that. Uh, I thought that this record, <clears throat> sorry, uh, was a great debut album. Uh, I think they sound competitive and pretty much like a, a well well put machine. You know, I, I thought that uh, this band, this record, sorry, had a lot of catchy songs here that could stand their own ground. Also, some very interesting post-punk elements, especially with the song "Dreams." It has that post-punk drum. But uh, all the love song, all the love songs here, I think most of them are pretty much related to love, but interpreted in a non-cliche way. I would say all of them are. Uh, I don't know. I really enjoy them. And uh, yes, it was rather melodic and. Something uh, somewhere between the positive and, and the negative, I would say, because the latter record sounded more dark. But we'll get it, we'll get into that. Um, I don't really know what song here is, which song here is kind of the best because the the record is pretty much consistent. But I do have some standouts, and uh, yeah, absolutely, Dolores was here the star. So, uh, no, no doubt about that. And uh, I, I was really kind of impressed because, as you said, Vara, this was in the uh, in the finishing stages of grunge and 
possibly the beginning of Britpop. And this this record didn't really sound like either of those uh, of those of those styles, Lada. What do you think? Uh, true. And uh, what really reminded me of uh, was the Smiths, interestingly enough. And now um, I've just read that this record was actually produced by the Smiths producer. Stephen Street, so that may not be a coincidence, but also um, the guitar work here really reminds me of Johnny Marr and, and the rhythm section too. However, I think this is very distinguishable from the Smiths, mainly due to Dolores O'Riordan and her vocal style. So before I make my own statements about it, I would like to ask you, what did you think about Dolores and her singing and how important do you think it is for this band and to this particular record absolutely crucial uh, I wouldn't be able to um, imagine this this band without her in the lineup I think that her vocals were you know the main thing here and I may sound harsh but the music even though it's pretty good it kind of supports her vocals. It's kind of meant to be her support because she is the star here, and uh, that's also the case with with the other records that we're gonna talk about. So I pretty much rate her as a vocalist, and uh, she's truly uh, unique. Even though she kind of reminds me of some folk singers, like I don't know Grace Slick. So that's interesting, but. Her range is, is really uh, fascinating, Vlada. Yes, and, and you know, that's the thing that really struck me here that I, I was really impressed by upon the first listen because, to be fair, the songs are really good on this first record, but there wasn't any song that really blew me away. I just really enjoyed it. Pretty much even. But it was her vocals, her style that's so unique. And especially loved her accent, her very thick Irish accent that she sings with. Because there's a lot of Irish bands where you don't really hear that accent so much, you know. Like, and, for example, you 2 Yeah, I mean, you hear it here and there. But it's not so prominent in, in Bono's singing voice. But here, with Dolores you immediately know that she's Irish, right? Right upon hearing her. And then her vocal style is so unique. Um, people especially pay notice to it uh, because of Zombie, that chorus, but we'll get to that later. But throughout this record, I, I just really enjoyed it and I totally fell in love with her vocals. So I think that's a big, big factor for this album and for this band. I think it adds a lot to the songs. It adds a certain kind of poignancy, a certain kind of um, a certain kind of uh, resonance that really affects the listener too. Uh, some good tracks here that I would single out. The last track, "Put Me Down," for example, is is a track where these things really come to the forefront. But a linger was a massive hit, apparently. But I don't know. To me, this is not one of the better tracks on the record. It's a good, competent track. I like. I like the way the band incorporates strings into their sound. But honestly, I prefer the tracks that sound a bit darker, or 
um, Sunday was a really good track for uh, for instance and Pretty I loved Pretty because it's about yeah, yeah. you know um, positivity regarding one's look you know acceptance of your look uh, the idea that there's more to being pretty than typical conventions. So some great tracks, uh, but nothing that really hits me hard, to be honest. But still a very good and competent record. So maybe we could give our, give our ratings. I would say to me this is a 7. So a very good record, very enjoyable, and I absolutely love her vocals. What about you, Alex? Okay, fair enough, Lara. For me, I would give it a 7.5. It may grow, it may grow eventually to an 8. And the standout track here is, you know, we agreed on the fact that it doesn't really have standout tracks, but I'll pick um, the track called How. All right, and, and my standout track would be, I think, uh, Put Down. Yes, the last track I really enjoyed. Put it. me down. Put me down. Yes, put me down. Okay, okay, great. So let's move on to the second album, the big one, right? No need to argue. So, Alexander, how did you feel going from the debut to this album? What has changed with the band? What do you think? Okay, so the obvious differences that uh, the, the obvious difference is that this album is longer it's like 50 minutes 50 minutes longer I think uh, it definitely is darker it features the the um, the big song zombie which to be honest I don't think is the best track here um, not just because of the overplaying but I think that this uh, record is pretty much stacked with good songs um, I th I'm not really sure about the lyrical content here because some of it reminds me of some uh, tragic incidents in the past but on the other hand other songs remind me of some personal struggles so it wasn't really easy to um, understand the lyrics here but, uh, you know you have this Ode to my family, the first track. You have Zombie, which is, I think, about uh, the, the war. And then you have other tracks like Death of the Lament and No Need to Argue, which is more personal. Did you have the same impression, Vlada? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I really enjoy the lyrics, I uh, have to say, especially from this album forward. Um, I like the lyrics on the first one, but I think here they're more... Uh, straightforward and they are more political for sure they're, they're more politically charged especially zombie which is about the troubles uh, in northern ireland so uh, she was inspired by at that time she was inspired to write zombie after a terrorist attack by ira where two kids were killed so that's what really inspired her uh, to write this song. And at that time, people were a bit surprised, especially after the initial hits from the previous record, like Linger uh, and Dreams, which were more like had, had a more of a poppy vibe compared to this. And now this is a very dark anti-war song. Um, it's, it's certainly about Ireland, 
Northern Ireland, but it could also be applied to other situations. I think at that time, unfortunately, there was a war going on in uh, in our former homeland, Yugoslavia, and um, it could definitely relate to that as well in my head, you know, when I listened to it, just the fact how senseless the violence is and how some people are willing to do these things, to, to even go as far as killing kids, you know, or putting kids in harm's way, and I think uh, as as such, this song is really uh, resonant and really hits home for me at least and uh, that's why I, I'm while the the record has other good songs which I will get to in a second I think this is the highlight for me and while it's overplayed I haven't heard it in a while so I could kind of listen to it with fresh ears and I paid more attention to lyrics because when it first came out uh, my English was basically almost non-existent so I didn't really understand the song I could feel its sentiment, but now it really hits home for me. Um, as for other tracks here, um, so many to choose from. A really consistent record, and I think a notch above the previous one. Uh, the one that I also loved is The Icicle Melts, and it's another song Good about... Song. Mm-hmm, it's another song about uh, a murder of a child. Uh so it's it's definitely something that uh, made a huge impression on Dolores, and I, I and you know sometimes I miss songs like these in rock music. You know when oh, it's obviously you know I mean I may take risks saying this, but I think it takes a woman to write a song like this. You know you almost feel this sort of. Um, uh, compassion and sympathy that is kind of often absent from from men like they're capable of it no but hear me out certainly male songwriters are capable of writing on such issues but you can tell that this is a woman writing and i know i don't know if this might sound sexist in any way so i apologize but to me this sounds like like the way she writes about it is so perfect you know you can really it's so poignant. It's so it's so much emotion. Yes, it's it's you can feel that compassion from the songs and um, just amazing. The icicle melts and and there there is another song that I will get to when we talk about the next record where I think she also captured so perfectly this suffering of a child and I, I've just never heard that in any other. Uh, records you know like anyone describe it so well so guys if you have any songs that talk about similar topics uh please bring uh, bring them to our attention so we can compare because honestly when it comes to this kind of subject matter i never heard anything like this uh okay so alexander how about you what do you say about this one yes i pretty much agree with you uh, the only thing where I can't really agree on is the song Zombie because, yes, it's overplayed. I will say, though, that I remember playing it with my first band uh, when I was just starting out with bass playing because it has this cool bass line. It's pretty much um, easy for beginners. So, guys, if you're if you want to pick up a bass guitar, uh, make sure to 
practice your playing on this song. It's 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 really fun, and uh, yeah, pretty much pretty much a consistent record. Uh, what I found shocking is the professional ratings on Wikipedia. Like Rolling Stone gave it 2.5 stars, and um, what else? Uh, the enemy uh, gave them four. <coughs> Apologies. Uh, gave them four out of ten, so that's really shocking. But I think that this album was pretty much uh, the opposite. Yeah, I think that's a very low rating. Uh, it would be interesting to to read that review to see what the reviewer thought. Uh, while these two records are not perfect by any measure, but on this one there are a few standout tracks that really deserve a higher rating than 2.5 so look that, that's, a, that's an interesting topic because um, we kind of got into reviewing albums now and giving ratings and it's extremely hard you know I think uh, people tend to focus on flaws too much or what they perceive as flaws and sometimes they disregard the effort and the skill of the artist and I think that there's so much stuff that's underrated or seen too harshly it almost feels like people need things to be perfect in order to work and I just feel that that's a huge problem especially when it comes to music reviews because a lot of good records go unnoticed due to low ratings and uh, such a spoiled way of thinking yeah, but I mean, on the other hand, it's a very subjective thing, you know, when you give out a rating or uh, when you give your uh, impressions of a certain record. I mean, there are records, I gave some low ratings here on our show, and I'm sure that some of these records mean the world to somebody else. And But I, I always want to make sure that at, at least I can show that I do appreciate the effort and, and the skill involved. Uh, the skill invested into making a record, even if I don't like it, like with Korn. I know that they're actually pretty good musicians. I just don't like their style. I think some of the songs were repetitive and so on. So, How many times have you, Vlada, gone back to certain albums and kind of thought, hey, I should have given them a different rating, be it a low rating or a high rating? Well, in our case, not really, because... To be fair, if I if I'm not particularly impressed by the record, I don't tend to return to it. But there were times in the past where I would listen to something, especially when I was younger, and I would think, okay, it's like okay-ish, it's nothing special. And then a few years later, I would revisit the record and I would be blown away because of having a fresh perspective and seeing things differently or having a better understanding of what's sung you know so there, there's that so it's sometimes it's really worth revisiting records that you may have not been super impressed by okay so speaking of ratings and reviews let's get to uh to our own ratings about this album no need to argue so in my opinion this is an 8 out of 10 and my favorite track is Hmm, I'll go with Daffodil Lament. Oh, interesting, okay. What is it about that track that uh, made you consider it a standout? 
it's I think the combination of music and the lyrics and well don't need to mention the vocals but uh, usually I'm not super impressed by the music but in this case I thought it was it was pretty good all right um in my opinion it's very hard so I already said that zombie might be the best one but I don't want to be too boring so I'll add one more track to it I think it's it's zombie and the the self the, the the title track sorry the title track no need to argue the last track i was really blown away such a beautiful end of the record beautiful ballad her vocals just amazing uh, so but as is pointed out there's other really great tracks here like empty 21 21 is really cool because she talks about this uh, transition into adulthood where you realize that some of your dreams will only stay just that your dreams you know so lots of great lyrical content i like her writing style uh the way she expresses her own personal experiences the way she she's so introspective and relatable at the same time i i really love that so my final rating is 8 and i would say zombies the best track after all Okay, Vlada, and now moving on to 1991, the record is called Bury the Hatchet. Now, in my personal opinion, this is the big one. This is the album that I, that I enjoy the most. And with this record, it would be extremely difficult to pick a standout track because I think it was consistent right from the, from the get-go, from the first all the way to the last track. Um, there's a small detail about the cranberries, kind of my personal impression. I prefer them in their acoustic arrangements without the distorted guitar. And in this record, like yesterday, I was on my way home cycling and I, I, I was listening to, to this record. Uh, bear in mind, guys, I didn't, I didn't cause any trouble because I was listening to music while riding the cycle. Irresponsible. Irresponsible. <laughs> I was I was paying attention. I was concentrated enough. But this record was a really good uh, companion while driving, uh, actually while cycling. So, yeah, a, a great record. Definitely the best out of the three, Vlada. Uh, hmm. I'm I'm not sure if it's the best to be honest. Uh, I have to say though that uh, when I put it on after the first two, at first I had a, a negative impression. Because everything seemed too slick by comparison. But then as I went as I went on listening to it, it got better and better. And it's really consistent. Might be even more consistent than the previous two. I'll give you that. But I'm not really sure if it's better than the second album. Mainly due to the fact that the second album had a couple of really big songs. And this one has them too. But I'm not quite sure it's, if they're on the same level. But again, what I really liked about it are some of the lyrics and the topics that she covers here. Um, the child abuse. So another hard topic. The song is Fee, uh, Fee-Fi-Fo. And we all know that um, Ireland is a Catholic country, that there's a lot of abuse going on in the Catholic Church. So I guess that's a prominent topic there but i'm not sure if that's what she was inspired by but i i think that it it really 
the song does a great job of uh, expressing that sentiment. You know, she's so direct here. She's so direct. And, and that's, again, what I was talking about previously, saying how I never heard anyone speak about these things so directly and so emotionally. Like, you can feel her anger and her helplessness when you listen to this song over what's going on with, with children, over people who who, uh, who abuse children in such a disgusting horrible way and again these songs may not be easy to listen to because they are so visceral in the way they convey these emotions so that's definitely uh one of the standout tracks for me but also many other good tracks the opening animal instinct is very catchy very poppy um then you have songs like uh, songs that deal with relationships like shattered uh, Desperate Andy is a song about probably about a friend who um, who is stuck in a bad, boring relationship and who's too afraid to embrace more freedom. So I like the way she covers these like personal topics uh, from her life. Uh, I, it's very refreshing to hear something like that, that kind of songwriting. What did you think of the album cover here, Vlad? I thought it was a standout characteristic. Oh, that's interesting because this is such a popular album cover. I must have seen it thousands of times and this is the first time I actually listened to the record. Uh, yeah, that, that kind of sums up her writing style too, right? There's a basically a nude person and a massive eye staring at them. So... I think that kind of sums up what she's all about, you know. She's bearing her soul on the record and she she's talking about things that bother her, things that uh, make her feel sad, angry, uh, heartbroken. And I think that's the biggest value of this band, that kind of songwriting. More so than their, I don't know, instrumental skill, or anything else. Yeah, the guitar work is here pretty good, especially when they use the famous chorus effect that I really like, which is kind of uh, reminiscent of the 90s and uh, uh, also the grunge and post-punk. But her as a vocalist and as a songwriter here, she was just absolutely cr crucial to this band. Okay, so... Um... What are your highlights here? Okay, I just stated the, al the album cover, which was really cool. And I, I think it was... Uh, the, the photo was probably taken the Monument Valley in the US, which is one of my top destinations uh, on my bucket list. Uh, one day I may visit it. But uh, when it comes to the tracks, uh, the first track was uh, Good an Animal Instinct. Uh, also other tracks like Promises, Just My Imagination, uh, Delilah. So, yeah, a, a consistent record and, um, yeah, I don't have much to add here. So, uh, Vlada, shall we go to the ratings now? Do you have anything else to add? Uh, yeah, I just want to point out that this record does sound quite different. Uh, in some respects, like it's more polished and produced. 
and that might be a turnoff for some listeners, especially if you like their early style. But as I said, while I, I at first I, I kind of thought of it negatively, but then once the record set in, I really enjoyed the songwriting and I could really relate to a lot of songs in one way or another. So if you're one of those people, just try to get through that feeling how something is amiss. Uh, but other than that, it's actually a very well-produced record and I really like the arrangements. And I think it's good when the band grows and tries new things. And it's not a massive departure from their early original style. So it's perfectly fine. Okay, uh, so final ratings for me. This is another 8. And uh, the standout track... Uh, the standout track for me is, mm, let me think, well, I, I'd go with uh, Fee-Fi-Fo. Okay, uh, my rating is slightly higher, so I'll go with 8.5, and my favorite track here is the fifth track, Just My Imagination. So, Vlada, we've just summed up all the three records that we picked. So, what is your final word? And uh, I think that both of us will agree on that uh, the world will definitely miss this band from now on. Yeah, for sure. And it's uh, such a huge tragedy. Such a talented songwriter and an amazing singer with a very special voice, I think. Um, so, she will be missed for sure. Um, before... We wrap up this episode. I just want to say that this band was chosen by David and Kelly, our dear patrons. So thank you so much. Uh, we really enjoyed listening to the Cranberries. Uh, we knew about them before, but this was a nice way to discover them. A huge shout out to all our patrons. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for keeping us going. So huge shout out to... Uh, to Nana, Peggy, Stefan, Kelly, Yanko, Andriana, Asha, Stephanie, and David. Thank you so much, guys. Okay, so, Alexander, any final thoughts? Yes, I was, I was glad that I could um, listen to this, to this great band. Uh, Thanks, Asha, and, thank, and thanks to our patrons for suggesting this band. If you guys would like to um, support our show, please join our Patreon community for as little as $1 per month. That would mean the world to us. And uh, check out our, our social media. The handle is SoundRacePod. Till the next time, all the best. Write a review, and then you can share it. With the world. In any social media platform. And then your friends see it, and you can share and discover new shows together. This is Steph, instigator of Pod Rev Day, Podcast Review Day. And I'm Andy from Inspired Money. And I'm Arielle of Earbuds Podcast Collective and CastBox. We're here to tell you everything you need to know about Pod Rev Day. Which is on the 8th of every month, of every year, of every century, of every... You get it. We are posting podcast reviews as part of hashtag Pod Rev Day, Podcast Review Day. Because podcasters work their butt off and deserve to know how much they've impacted your lives. And you can do that through reviews. Even one star feels surprisingly <laughs> good. Does it? It lets you know that people are at least listening. Don't be a passive podcast listener. 
write a review and tell your favorite creator what you love about their podcast or about a specific episode. And to participate, you just need to do one review. And we'll see you every eighth of the month. PodRev Day, because podcasters deserve to hear it. Hashtag PodRev Day, P-O-D-R-E-V-D-A-Y.